What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Teas and Coffee Bean, and welcome to week 10 of my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2022 NFL season and postseason. And we had ourselves a pretty excellent week in week nine, heading into week 10, the official back half of the NFL season. Week nine, just a 13 game slate and went 10 and three picking the game straight up. I always talk about it. If you can get into the double digits there straight up, you know, you've had a good week. And the fact that I did it on one of those weeks, that only has 13 games. Got to feel incredible about that. 10 and 3 takes me to 78, 57, and 1. The first time all season I've been 20 games or more above 500. It's just under 57.5%, definitely moving in the right direction. Against the Spread had a strong week as well, but part of that is because three of the 13 games I actually pushed on against the Spread. It was three games who all had spreads of exactly minus three, and all three of those games ended by exactly three points. So I wound up going seven, three, and three against the spread in week nine, but we're certainly going to take that as the victory that I believe it is. Seven and three in the three pushes. I feel pretty good about it. 69, 63, and four against the spread on the season. Just barely underwater on the totals last week, six and seven, but that does mean I think that I'm only like 11 and 17 against the spread over the last two weeks. So the, the, or not against the spread on the totals. So those totals leaving a lot to be desired over the last couple of weeks, but we're going to start turning that around this week. Now two games back below 500 on the totals at 67 and 69. Top picks for last week were very strong. My platinum, gold, silver, and bronze plays. Uh, the bronze pick, even money, one, one, and one last week. 16, 10, and one overall on the season. The Packers lost th that game against Detroit. A, just a disgusting loss for Green Bay. Atlanta pushed against the spread, but the Patriots and the Colts did stay under the point total. That was the bronze pick last week. The silver pick swept it 3 and 0 to move that pick to 18 and 9 on the season. Uh the Eagles beat the Texans, the Titans covered against the spread, and the Rams and Bucks stayed under their point total, so silver pick on fire this year. Gold pick, I've pulled that up out of the gutter 2-0 and 1 last week, now 14-12 and 1 on the season. The Vikings beat the Commanders last week. Now the Vikings did push that game against the spread, one of those games where they were favored by exactly three but the Seahawks and the Cardinals did go over their point total as I said they would and the platinum pick two and one last week 16 10 and one on the season the Bengals beat the Panthers and the Jets not only covered against the spread but won outright but they definitely covered against the spread and the Chargers and Falcons fared to failed sorry to go over the point total so what's that that's uh eight two and two across those 12 picks last week so we feel really good about where our top picks are to this point in the season and if we take a look at the Bridgewater's Finest straight up pick'em pool with confidence points for season 11 of this show, I'm still in 15th place out of 36, right in that meaty part of the curve. 668 out of 1101 possible confidence points this season. I am up over 60% for, I believe, the first time this year, so that definitely feels good. I brought in 71 of 91 possible confidence points last week. That's a clip of 78%. 
felt pretty good, but was not enough to win the week. Shout out to our week nine winner, Scarred by Lamar, who went 11 and two straight up picking the games last week, brought in 81 of the 91 possible confidence points. That's a clip of 89%, and it was good enough to win week nine. AIM 2022 remains our overall leader at 83, 52, and 1 straight up on the season. So that's what, five, uh, five games better than I am. 724 out of 1,101 possible confidence points. It's a clip of 65.8%. But now where I'm up over 60, we're getting closer there. And I'm like right in the middle of the pack. So the top 15 to 20 here are really bunched up. And one really good week can make a seismic change in any of these rankings so stay tuned and we'll take a peek now into fantasy corner as we always do fantasy corner of course presented by the dynasty trade calculator now my affiliate link to the dynasty trade calculator is available in the description to this live stream or the vod or the podcast episodes my affiliate link is available there and for as little as three dollars you can gain access to one of the absolute best tools available to you online for dynasty keeper and long-term fantasy football you're looking at player rankings trade evaluations great podcasts done by a lot of great experts available to you on the dtc it is an incredible tool to help you go from the outhouse to the penthouse in your dynasty keeper or long-term fantasy football leagues it's done it for me in the past my affiliate link to the dtc is there for you and for as little as three dollars you can gain access to that incredible tool now, it was not a pretty sight for me in week nine. I lost against Tony in the Professionals Dynasty Fantasy Football, which drops my record to a absolutely pitiful one and eight. But based on our playoff structure, I'm not out of it yet. I'm still only two games back of a playoff spot with, I believe, five weeks left to go. It would be 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14. So I'm only two games back. It's not impossible, but I got to start reeling together some uh, some good wins from this point i did also drop a game against elspeth in the anti and co dynasty fantasy football league which drops my record there to five and four i was projected to win that matchup but uh my monday night miracle did not come so five and four in that league and i have week 10 matchups coming up against chris of course uh, gracie manor ghouls a long time a good personal friend of mine and cat who has been a long time member of this community and a friend of mine as well so those are my critical critical matchups in week 10 in fantasy a pair of wins would go a long way to securing or chasing that playoff spot and I'll take the opportunity to let you know, of, as I always do, that down in the description to the live stream, the VOD, the podcast episode, wherever you interact with this show, you're going to find all of my picks from last week, or all of my results from last week, I should say, all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for week 10 in the NFL in 2022. You're going to find information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest Pick'em Pool for season 10 of this show. Of course, if you win a week or you become the overall leader, you get shouted out on this show. You can find information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page where we ask questions like, how many games is Jordan Love actually going to start at quarterback for the Green Bay Packers this season? You can find answers to that at the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page. And you can find information on my great friends and sponsors at Nerd Tees and Coffee Bean. Ladies and gentlemen, nerdtees.ca is where you need to go to find dozens and dozens and dozens of incredible loose leaf tea and flavored coffee blends 
uh, just any palette, across any palette, any kind of hot drink drinker, you're going to find something very special for them as we careen recklessly closer and closer to the holiday season. Today's blend is a Nova Scotia staple. It is blueberry tea. I absolutely love it. I think I will never stop loving the taste of blueberry in my hot teacup. You can find an incredible, incredible loose leaf tea blend or coffee blend or five or 10 or 15 at nerdtees.ca. You want to go there and you want to use my promo code, which is BWFinest. That's going to save you 15% at checkout. You're also going to get free shipping in Canada on any order over a hundred bucks, which is an excellent value. Nerdtees.ca, promo code BWFinest, save your 15%, get your free shipping, find yourself something to love, or find someone you love something to love. You can do it on nerdtees.ca. All right, the audio is churning, the recording is well underway. Gorian is in the chat saying, let's go, Bup. Here we go. Week 10 NFL picks now coming at you. It's a 14-game schedule in Week 10. And uh, not to spoil anything ahead of time, but I feel really good about a lot of underdogs this week. Look, I talk about the rule of four. It's a thing that I just kind of noticed five or six years ago, really started tracking it. The rule of four, if you don't know, does state that at least four betting underdogs are going to win their game straight up in any given week. Ladies and gentlemen, the rule of four is undefeated this season at nine and oh. The underdogs are paying off in 2022. I like a number of them this week. But let's go ahead and talk about that. We are going to kick things off with the Thursday night game, the Atlanta Falcons traveling to Carolina to take on the Panthers. Falcons and Panthers, of course, a battle of the NFC South. Falcons at four and five, Panthers at two and seven in this division. Obviously, the Panthers just trading away Christian McCaffrey. Now, of course, having some injury issues in their backfield. It's allowed Donta Foreman to kind of step to the forefront. Did not have himself a good game last week, so it'll be real interesting with Chuba Hubbard probably ready to go in the backfield. It'll be real interesting to see what the splits are there for Carolina to see what they can do to try to pep up this bottom five total offense across the NFL this year. Now, these two teams are actually kind of interesting because... Carolina, like I said, bottom five total offense. Atlanta, bottom 10 total offense. Atlanta, bottom five total defense. Carolina, bottom 10 total defense. These are two teams that have successful pieces on them, but who are just not really finding any kind of consistent level of success, despite the fact that the Falcons at four and five are right there for the lead in the division. Like Tampa kind of jumped over them to lead the division, but Tampa's also only four and five. Is it possible that the division winner in this division winds up being a team that's under 500? I think it's entirely possible by the end of the season, we could see like an eight and nine team be the team that's representing the NFC South. This it's just a tough, 
tough division. Gorian saying in the chat, Colts are alive again. Hashtag make the Colts great again. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about the Colts and we'll talk about the adventurous week that the Colts have had or adventurous season, I should say, that the Colts have had. But Atlanta, Carolina, I think these two teams, despite the difference in the record, are pretty darn similar to each other. And I think I'm going to have to grab the underdog in this situation. And that's the Carolina Panthers. I'm going to grab the Panthers at home as three-point underdogs to get the win outright over the Atlanta Falcons, despite the fact that the Falcons are getting healthier and I think are probably objectively the better football team. I'm going to grab the dog here. I'm going to grab the points. Give me the Carolina Panthers to win outright. Like I mentioned against the spread, Carolina's taking three points here as a home dog. So I like them to win. Give me the plus three on Carolina. Total in the game set at 43 and a half points. I think this is actually a pretty decent total here, but we're going to grab the over on this one over 43 and a half points in Carolina, Atlanta. Let's go Carolina 24, Atlanta 21. Panthers get the win. Panthers cover the plus three by winning the game outright and over 43 and a half points. I'm sorry, that final score was 24-20. Sorry about that. 24-20, Panthers win, Panthers cover, and still give me the over. The Seattle Seahawks traveling to Tampa Bay to take on the Tampa Bay Bucks. The Seahawks winners of four straight games, and actually, my apologies, they're not traveling to Tampa Bay. This game is taking place in Munich, Germany. So both of these teams are taking the trip over to Munich, Germany. Uh, and the Seahawks are going to be taking a four-game winning streak over to Munich, Germany. And this is a really, really intriguing matchup because this, if you look at this game on paper, like before the season started, you look at this game on paper and you think, oh, this will be Bucks by like 25. But with how ineffective the Bucks have been offensively, especially over the last little while, Tom Brady definitely not looking like Tom Brady despite that comeback win last week. I, just not the same, doesn't seem like the same team, doesn't seem like, seem like the same offense, doesn't seem like the same anything with Tampa Bay right now. Seahawks, like I mentioned, winners of four straight games. They will be on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games here. So this is their second straight game on the road. And, of course, having to take that trip all the way from uh, wherever they were playing last week to now have to cross the ocean, go play in Munich. It's a tough call, but that offense has been clicking. That offense has been doing very, very well, despite the fact they're not in the top 10 in total offense. But Geno Smith has those boys moving. What I think could potentially be the difference in this game, the Bucks do still have a top 10 total defense and the Seahawks do have a bottom 10 total defense. So I think Tom Brady and the boys should certainly have their opportunities to score points. But there's something, I feel something about this Seahawks team. Maybe it's Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker has been an absolute revelation for me this season, Gorian very accurately points out in the chat, like, yeah, the game's in Munich. He still has Tampa Bay to win and that the Bucks are 2-0 and since the divorce. So, look, very accurately pointing those things out. I, I've just got a feeling, honestly, this, this I'm going to chalk this one up to gut because I think the numbers probably say to go with Tampa Bay. 
I just got a gut feeling about the Seahawks, man. I just feel like Seattle goes into this game with a big something to prove. And I think Seattle actually comes up with the upset win here. I'm going to take the Seahawks in Munich, Germany to get the win over the Tampa Bay Bucks. The Bucks are considered the home team in this game. But let's take Seattle here in Munich, Germany to get the win over Tampa. On the line, the Bucks are only laying two and a half points here as a home quote-unquote favorite. I like the Seahawks to win, so give me the plus 2.5. This is the pure definition of a 2-0 or an 0-2 game. You're either going to get both of these or you're only you're, you're going to get nothing because like two and a half points, there's not really enough there to hedge, but I'll take the two uh, plus 2.5 on Seattle. Total in the game set at 44 and a half points. Another one I'm just kind of feeling an under. Um, Tampa Bay, I think, is very solid to the under so far this year. I want to say like three and six. Am I accurate in saying that? I might be totally wrong, but I feel like Tampa's defense has dictated a lot of their results this season, and neither team has to put on an offensive powerhouse performance to get a win here. I just kind of feel an under here. So we are going to go under 44.5 points in Seattle, Tampa Bay. Let's go Seahawks 23, Bucks 20. Seattle gets the win. Seattle covers the plus 2.5. And give me under on the 44 and a half point total. Once again, that's more of a gut feeling than anything else. It's not a, uh, oh, the numbers are telling me this. The numbers aren't really telling me that at all. This is 100% a pure gut play. The Minnesota Vikings on the road in Buffalo taking on the Buffalo Bills. And we can't even start talking about this game until we talk about Josh Allen. And this is, this is a conversation that divides sports fans right now, which is how much stock are you putting into the Josh Allen injury? So uh, by their own admission, um, Allen is dealing with a UCL injury. And uh, you hear UCL, you hear CL at the end of something, and you assume, oh, that must be something in the knee. No, the UCL is, in fact, uh, to use a baseball terminology, when a baseball pitcher has to have Tommy John surgery, that's what that surgery is on. It's on that UCL, that UC joint, that UC ligament. And this is the same kind of thing that, like, he doesn't have it outright injured. I think it's just something that they're managing. But it really impacts a quarterback's ability to throw the ball. Now, he wound up with that injury last week in the loss against the Jets. And this is, for somebody that throws as much as Josh Allen does, as hard as Josh Allen does, I think this is a bigger deal than a lot of people are considering it. To the point that, okay... Let's think about this. He goes out in a week 10 game uh, in a season where Buffalo is, you know, started exceptionally well at six and two. Let's say he goes out there and injures like enough that he needs to have that surgery, that Tommy John surgery. That's a year. And a lot of baseball pitchers, when they come back from Tommy John surgery, they're not the same pitcher. So I'm not outright saying that I expect Josh Allen to not start in this game. I think he will, unless the injury is more significant than we've been led to believe. But anything having to do with that UC is, is significant stuff. And it's something not to be taken lightly. 
I think it severely limits what we are going to see from Josh Allen this week. And if it does, that top five total offense that they have boasted isn't that because Josh Allen is so much of that total offense. Doesn't change the top five total defense. The Bills defense is exceptionally good. On the Minnesota Vikings side, the numbers are really weirdly almost not, it's weird. They're almost not in their favor. This is a team that's won six consecutive games and are absolutely running away with the NFC North. Like they're at seven and one, the Packers and the Bears are at three and six. So the, like the Vikings are running away with their division right now. And for this six and one or seven and one team, sorry, that's won six straight games. The, the offense hasn't been crazy overwhelming. The total defense, they're actually a bottom 10 total defense in the NFL so far this year. And they're coming off the tail end of back-to-back road games. So there's things going against the Vikings coming into this game. One thing that is not is that they are one of the better teams in the NFL in terms of the turnover ratio. They're generating turnovers on defense. They're not turning the ball over on offense. And if they get that one special play, that one turnover that maybe normally a play Josh Allen doesn't make, but because he's limited with his throwing arm, it could be a play that Josh Allen winds up making that, again, he wouldn't normally I kind of like the Vikings here. Like I said, I I like a lot of dogs this week. This will be my third straight one. I like the Minnesota Vikings to go into Buffalo and pick up a huge win over the Buffalo Bills. Let's take Minnesota, extend that six-game winning streak to seven. Vikings go into Buffalo and get the win over the Bills. Now, on the line, Buffalo's favored by five and a half points. Originally, this was six and a half points. So there's a lot, there's money coming in on the Vikings because this line is moving. I like the Vikings to win. So give me the plus five and a half on Minnesota in Buffalo. Total in the game set at 45 and a half points. And this is another play where I think I'm going to have to stick on the under because I don't know what the offensive upside of the Buffalo Bills is going to be if Josh Allen is limited. Because if he's limited or if he's, you know, forbid not playing, then the offensive upside here is significantly different than what it normally is. So give me the under on this point total, under 45 and a half points, so much so that uh, Minnesota Buffalo under 45 and a half points is actually going to be my gold pick on my totals this week. Minnesota and Buffalo under 45 and a half points, my gold pick on my totals. Let's take Minnesota 20, Buffalo 17. Vikings get the win. Vikings cover the plus five and a half against the spread under the 45 and a half point total. Vikings win 20 to 17. Gorian, the Colts plus the points are a lock too. Settle down. We'll get there. We'll get there. I promise. I I don't blame you for being excited. (laughs) I really, I really don't. Like I watched, um, I, I love the Pat McAfee show. I was watching Pat McAfee the day that they, I guess it was yesterday, that they fired Frank Reich. And uh, just you could just see in their eyes, like, oh my God, uh, they fired Frank Reich, they hired Jeff Saturday. They're like, oh my God, like, all right, cool, go Colts. So I, I get it, I understand for sure. The Detroit Lions traveling to Chicago to take on the Bears. Now, this is obviously a matchup of the NFC North, like we mentioned. Uh, Bears and Lions have only combined for five wins so far this season. But interestingly enough, the boy under center 
for the Chicago Bears, the number one fantasy quarterback in fantasy football over the last few weeks. Justin Fields has been balling, playing the best football of his entire career, and he's got that that Bears team looking different. That offense is one you have to respect now. You certainly have to respect Justin Fields and fear Justin Fields almost on the level of like a Lamar Jackson because if he can take off and make big plays with his legs, I'm not saying he's as good as Lamar. But when he can take off and make those plays with his legs, he could be every bit as dangerous as Lamar. So you really have to take into account that Fields can hurt you in a lot of different ways. And he's been showing that over the last couple of weeks. So this Bears offense... It's not the same Bears offense that we've seen most of the season, which is like that bottom 10, borderline bottom 5 total offense that we've seen most of the year. The Detroit Lions are able to move the football. They're a top 10 total offense, so that's good, but they're one of the five worst total defenses in the entire NFL. So I get the feeling that Justin Fields is going to have a field day, but I'm bumped against this Lions defense, especially the secondary. I think Fields is going to be able to do whatever he wants to do with the football. I think he's going to make plays with his feet. And I really like the Chicago Bears to get this win here. It's a division matchup, so certainly anything can happen. But I really like the Chicago Bears here to get this win. Let's take the Bears at home to get the win over the Lions. On the line, Chicago is laying minus three here as a home favorite. Basically, Vegas telling me that they think these two teams are basically on the same level, and I fully, I can fully understand that. I like Chicago to win. It's a relatively small price to pay. I'm going to go ahead and lay the three points here on the Bears. Total in the game set at 48 and a half points. Here's one of the things that I really love this week, which is the over 48 and a half points in Detroit and Chicago. I think both of these teams have significant offensive upside to them. I think we see some fireworks. I think we see some points. And I like that so much that uh, Lions and Bears over 48 and a half points is my bronze pick on my totals this week. Lions and Bears over 48 and a half bronze pick on the totals let's go chicago 30 detroit 27 so we're gonna go bears win no sorry 31 31 27 because that's i got i still got to cover the spread here 31 27 bears win bears cover minus three and give me the over on the points in a big bad way uh let's see fred total in the chat detroit the better team they might be. I mean, they've they've got some pretty significant offensive pieces, which is why I think this is going to be a bit of a shootout. So they definitely have that, but that defense is all-world bad. Chad, hey, Chad from Regina, Saskatchewan, A, Chicago to win. Gorian saying to have Saturday as an all-pro center be able to help fix the O-line. Oh, that's for the Colts. Even a bit is what excites me. Like it. Gotta like it a lot. Chad, my Eagles rock, eh? And Gorian says Eagles are good. Eagles are very good. Eagles are significantly good. The Denver Broncos traveling to Tennessee to take on the Tennessee Titans, who I thought had an exceptionally impressive performance last week, taking the Chiefs to overtime. I really liked Tennessee to cover that 10.5 point spread. That was my silver pick last week against the spread. That obviously worked out. Game went to overtime. It was a tight game. KC still gets the win, but Tennessee can take a lot of momentum from a game like that, knowing how much they can hang with one of the elite teams in the AFC. 
Titans a bottom five total offense heading into this game. Now, part of that is the fact that they haven't had Tannehill for a little while. There's, there's whispers about Tannehill of a high ankle sprain. Now, I haven't seen that be confirmed anywhere, but if that's a high ankle sprain, he's still going to be out for like multiple weeks. They were, they were really keeping it close to the chest who was going to start last week. I, I didn't think there was any reason to think that Tannehill would start, but they, they really wanted to keep that secrecy as long as they could, so good for them, I guess. But uh, I think this is still Willis's ship for a little while, and if it is... That severely limits, I think, the upside of this Tennessee Titans uh, scoring offense. Meanwhile, the Denver Broncos, the only thing that the Broncos are able to do right is on the defensive side of the ball. That offense still hasn't figured it out, but they're a top five total defense. This is a defense that can make things happen. They can make turnovers happen. This is a good defense, and it's a well-rested defense as well. Denver coming into this game off of their bye. I think in a game where the only thing that you can say for sure is that one team's defense is exceptionally good, I think you kind of have to go with that. And like I said off the top, I like me a lot of dogs this week. I'm going to take the Denver Broncos outright in Tennessee to beat the Titans. Now, this is one of those games where I think most people will look at this and go, Tennessee's the better team. There's no reason Tennessee shouldn't win. And I don't necessarily disagree with that. But if you ask my good friend Keith Bailey, I think he'll tell you those are exactly the kinds of games that Tennessee tends to struggle in. And a lot of them, they wind up losing. I feel like there's a bit of an adrenaline dump coming right off of a game like the game against tennis or uh, against Kansas City last week. That's a big emotional matchup against one of the best teams in the conference, if not the best team in the conference. I think there's a letdown this week, and I think the Denver Broncos take advantage let's take denver on the road to beat tennessee straight up against the spread tennessee's laying minus uh minus three against the spread so obviously i'm taking denver to win so give me the plus three points on the broncos total in the game is set at 38 and a half points look we all know this broncos offense broncos country let's ride to one of the worst offenses in the league and we know that the offense is limited in Tennessee with Malik Willis. Now, of course, you've got Derrick Henry. And when you've got Derrick Henry, you've always got the ability to score a lot of points. I'm going to take the under on this point total. It seems weird, but I love the under in this so much that under 38 and a half points in Denver, Tennessee is in fact my platinum pick on the totals this week. What we're seeing is we're seeing an offense and Matt, the NFL fanatic in the chat, just hit the nail on the head. Malik's not ready yet. If he's the starting quarterback here, I don't think either one of these teams get out of the teens in terms of scoring their points. So in that situation, you got to take the under, even though this number is so low. So under 38 and a half points in Denver, Tennessee, my platinum pick on my totals this week, taking Denver to win the game outright. Let's go Denver 17, Tennessee 
uh, what I, ten, uh, Tennessee, sorry, Tennessee 13. So 17, 13, Denver. We're going to take Denver to win the game. Give me Denver plus the points and give me the under on the point total. Tennessee, Henry can only do so much, but for now, Tennessee to win. That's from Chad. Uh, Tennessee won last time 16 to 14, which uh, I like that from my under. Uh, Fred says Denver stay away from me. Chicago, no explosive receivers. I mean, they did just bring in Chase Claypool. I think Claypool can do some damage in that offense. Uh, Gorian, I took Tennessee. Matt coming in with again, Malik is not ready. But Gorian says Henry is. That's, you know, hey, fair enough. Look, I don't ask everybody to agree with every single pick that I make. I think anybody that's been watching me for a while definitely understands that. I'm going to go against the grain in some cases, and this is definitely one of them. All right, the Jacksonville Jaguars traveling to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Both of these teams sport top 10 total offenses in the NFL so far this season. Big difference is the Kansas City Chiefs stand head and shoulders above almost everybody else. They're a top five total offense. I believe they're either one or two. They've scored the most touchdowns in the NFL so far this season. No shock to anyone there, I don't think. The Kansas City Chiefs are obviously for real and stay for real. Jacksonville, I think, has played well this season, or certainly well versus my uh, my expectations, which typically for them are very, very low. Now, they have not won a game against an AFC opponent this year. That's definitely something to take into account here. They've not beaten an AFC team yet this year. J uh, Jacksonville sitting at 3-6. and six. So, look, there's no way you, I mean, like, you can't, I don't think you can pick Jacksonville in this one. I'm all for picking the heavy underdogs sometimes, but it also has to stay within the realm of reality. And until there's a significant injury to like a Patrick Mahomes or a Travis Kelsey or something that fundamentally changes their offense, I think you got to go with the Chiefs more often than not. So let's take Tennessee or uh, let's get Tennessee. I'm still on the Tennessee game. Let's take Kansas City at home to get the win over the Jags. Now, on the line, uh, Kansas City is favored by nine and a half points. That's a big number of points to be favored by. Now, what I will do is I will take Kansas City over Jacksonville as my gold pick straight up this week. So Kansas City beating Jacksonville, my gold pick straight up. Obviously, I'm very confident about that. But if you take a look at NFL teams this season as betting underdogs... The Jacksonville Jaguars, their margin of victory to the spread is the number one in the entire league. Jacksonville as underdogs, they're only like, I think, three, three and one against the spread as an underdog this year, but they're beating the line by an average of over 10 points per game. So whatever the line is against the spread, the Jags on average are beating it by 10 points. So I I can't lay the nine and a half on Kansas City. It's not a talent thing. Like, is Kansas City capable of laying this number? Yeah, of course they are. No doubt in my mind. Especially in a season like this, where the underdogs are covering against the spread at a ridiculous rate. Like, the favorites are still not covering. Dogs are still coming home. You can't lay the nine and a half points, I don't think. So while I'm very comfortable taking Kansas City over Jacksonville as my gold pick straight up, I'm going to take those nine and a half points 
with the Jags. So much so that Jacksonville plus the nine and a half is my silver pick against the spread this week. Jacksonville plus nine and a half, my silver pick against the spread. Total in this game is set at 50 and a half. I am still going to go over on this one because once again, like I said, Kansas City scored the most touchdowns in the NFL so far this season. I think it's 30, if I remember correctly. But the Jags are no slouches. They've scored, I believe, more than 20 on the season. They're getting it done on the ground. They're getting it done through the air. I do think this goes over this point total. It might be a garbage time score where Jacksonville backdoor covers this number. But I like the over here. We're going to grab over 50 and a half points. <coughs> Excuse me. In Kansas City, Jacksonville. Let's go. Uh, Let's go Chiefs 34, Jags 27. 34-27. Give me the over pretty comfortably in that uh, in that context. Give me the Chiefs to win, but give me the Jags to cover. Gorian, bro, we're here for it. All good. Gotta love it, Gorian. Thank you so much. Matt comes back in. Jacksonville now 2 and 116 in games where they trailed by 17 or more points after last week's game. I guess that makes sense. When you get down by 17 points, it's tough to forge that kind of comeback unless you're in the CFL because no game in the CFL is ever over. Uh, Fred says, Chiefs have nothing to prove. Jags just might cover. Gorian, they are what the Lions were last season. Interesting. Good insight. I like that. Like the stream guys. Perfect. I uh, would rather take the points with Denver before the Chiefs. All right. So we're going to hit the halfway point in the picks here with the Cleveland Browns in Miami to take on the Dolphins. Now, the Dolphins come into this game on a three-game winning streak. They're a top five total offense in the NFL so far this year, and so are the Cleveland Browns. Both of these teams can move the ball exceptionally well. On the ground, through the air, both of these teams get their yardage. And there's not a giant difference between the two teams in terms of the defenses as well. They're both kind of middle of the pack in terms of total defense. Where I think you really have the difference in this game, it's it's not only momentum, but it's also the fact that Cleveland turned the ball over a lot. They're one of the lower teams in the league in terms of the turnover ratio. They turn the ball over a lot more than they generate turnovers on the defensive side. The Browns are coming into this game off of their bye, so that will certainly help them. They're well-rested, but uh, I think this is a, a matter of too much versus not enough. I love this Miami Dolphins team. I'm a big fan of this team, the weapons they have on this team. I'm a big fan of Tua as a quarterback. I think the defense might be a little bit underrated. I really like this Dolphins team. I think they get the job done this week. Let's grab Miami at home to extend that winning streak to four games dolphins get the win over the browns and why not just because we're mucking around i like that so much give me miami over cleveland as my silver pick straight up this week miami over cleveland my silver pick straight up against the spread the dolphins laying three and a half points here as a home favorite I like the Dolphins to win. It's a little over what I would call a small price to pay because it's got to be better than a field goal in order to cover this number. But I think the Dolphins are capable of this. They've scored a number. They've scored quite a few touchdowns this year. I think they're going to be able to uh, to cover this number. So I will take Miami minus the three and a half points. 
Total in the game here set at 48 and a half. You know what? For two offenses that move the ball this well, they both get into the end zone. I think we go over on the points in this one. Let's go over 48 and a half points in Miami, Cleveland. Let's go uh, Dolphins 30, uh, Cleveland 24. So 30-24, Dolphins win, Dolphins cover. Give me the over on the points. All right, here's an intriguing matchup for you. The Houston Texans on the road in New York taking on the Giants. I know between these two teams who I think is objectively the better football team, and that's the New York Giants. I definitely feel like Houston is still in that potentially worst team in the NFL conversation. So I definitely think the Giants are the better team here. Houston comes into this game on a three-game losing streak. However, they do have the benefit of the long week because they did just play on Thursday last week. So they do have the extra time this week to get a little extra rest. The extra rest is not going to change the fact that outside of Damian Pierce, they can't move the football can't stop anybody from moving the football. They're bottom five in both of those categories so far this season. The New York Giants, they do have a bottom 10 total offense, so they're not exactly moving the ball at will. I think that defense is fairly solid, and the Giants are coming into this game off of their bye, so they're going to be well-rested as well. No real rest advantage here one way or the other. Give me you know a little bit of an edge to the Giants because they are coming in off the bye. I definitely think the Giants are the better of these two teams, so I'm going to be taking the Giants here in New York to get the win over Houston, and I like that so much that the Giants over the Texans is my platinum pick this week, straight up. Giants over the Texans, my platinum pick straight up. However, against the spread, the Giants are laying six and a half points. And now as a team that does not score a ton of touchdowns, I think they rank somewhere, I think, in the bottom 10 league-wide in terms of touchdowns scored. It's tough for me to lay a full six and a half. If this team was an offensive juggernaut in any way, shape, or form, I'd have no problem with this because it's Houston. But as dogs this season, Houston are a little bit above 500 in terms of covering against the spread as an underdog. So I'm going to take the points here on the Houston Texans. It does kind of insulate me against the upset there, but I'm going to go ahead and take those plus six and a half on the Houston Texans. It's just, I like the Giants to win, but I don't necessarily like them to win by that much. And so much so that Houston plus the six and a half points, I'm going to make that my bronze pick against the spread. So when's the last time you saw that? I've got a game that is my platinum pick straight up and I'm hedging my bets as a top four play on the exact same game in the exact same week. I don't think I've ever done that before, but I feel really good about taking those six and a half points. Total in the game is set at 40 and a half. I don't know what you're going to get offensively from either one of these teams. This is a bad play on this number because it's at 40 points. It's such a beatable number. But if these two teams are only kicking field goals, if they're not scoring touchdowns, then any number can be difficult to beat. So yeah, it's 40 and a half points, but I think I got to stay under on this one. Let's stay under 40 and a half points in New York, Houston. Let's go Giants. Uh, let's see. Let's go Giants 20 and Houston. I'm going to give Houston 14. 
So that stays under the 40 and a half point total. Houston does wind up covering by the half point there, plus the six and a half and the giants win the game outright. Fred total in the chat says the dolphins tend to have a hard time handling the spread. It's, it's one of those things too, where you look at that game and it's like, are both of these teams talented? I think so. I have to buy the hook, which I don't love because again, that game's three and a half. So I guess I don't love, love that spread. It would probably be in the top four if I did. If this was minus three, I think it would be in there. So having to buy the hook can be a little unpleasant for some folks, but I, I, I think, I think they'll cover it. Uh, I'll be taking the points with the giants. Fair enough. All right, the New Orleans Saints and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh also firmly in that conversation of is this possibly, is this potentially the worst team in the NFL so far? Pittsburgh at two and six, losers of two straight games. They've also lost four of their last five overall. They're a bottom five total offense. They're a bottom five total defense. They turn the ball over way too much. And on the other side, you've got the New Orleans Saints, who are a top 10 total offense. However, was anybody, raise your hand if you were impressed by that Saints game last night. I understand they're playing a good team in Baltimore. Baltimore's not untouchable by any means. Baltimore's been touched a number of times this year. And if you were, like they were a top five total offense coming into that game last night. 13 points. Like, I just, I don't, I don't know what to make of this Saints team. I've kind of lost the handle on what this team actually is. I was not impressed with them in the least last night. So we look at this Saints team. They're coming in on short rest because they did just play Monday night. They are the worst team in the NFL still in terms of the turnover differential. It's getting a little bit better, but they're still, they're still minus 10 in nine games. So I, I, I don't think the Saints team is particularly good. Now, obviously, the Steelers are not particularly good either, but the Steelers will come into this game off of their bye. They're well-rested. They've been preparing for this Saints team for two weeks. Give me the dog at home. I like the Pittsburgh Steelers to get the upset win at home over the Saints. Pittsburgh beats New Orleans. On the line, Pittsburgh's taking two and a half points as a home dog. I like him to win. Give me the plus 2.5 on the Stillers. Total in the game set at 40 and a half points. Once again, such a beatable number. I do think I got to go just over on this one. I don't think it's going to be very much, but let's go just over the 40 and a half point total in Pittsburgh, New Orleans. Let's go Pittsburgh 21, New Orleans 20. Last scoring play of the game, boom, Pittsburgh takes the lead. Maybe they make a play on the defensive side. Once again, New Orleans has been giving the ball up all season long. I think Pittsburgh comes out of this with an upset win. Give me 21 to 20, Steelers over the Saints. We got Martin in the chat. Martin, my good friend, how are you? He says, the Ravens showed us the true Saints. I believe so. And we might see a whole another side to that true Saints in this game this week against Pittsburgh. Five games left to go, and Gorian, this one's for you, my friend. The Indianapolis Colts on the road, traveling to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. Now, the Colts, coming into this game, losers of three straight, and on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games, which is definitely a thing. 
This Colts team has a bottom 10 total offense this season, and they are coughing the ball up a little too much for my liking. I believe they're minus four in eight games or minus five maybe in eight games, whatever it happens to be. The one thing you can really say, and the one thing this Colts team can kind of hang their hat on, is the fact that this is a top five total defense this season. This is a defense that can prevent opponents from moving the ball with consistency. What we're seeing is we're just not seeing them take over on the offensive side when they get those opportunities that the defense does tend to give them. Now, in terms of the Raiders, uh, this is a bottom five total defense still this season. The Raiders, they are what I said they were. Right from the beginning of the season, I was like, yeah, you can go and you can get Devontae Adams, and that's incredible and that's fantastic. I don't think this defense is any better than it was last year. And in fact, I think the defense is actually worse than it was last year. So obviously have to take the time to talk about the coaching situation in Indianapolis, which makes Gorian very, very happy. Frank Reich fired as the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Jeff Saturday, former Colts legend, comes in as the interim head coach, should be a player's coach. I think you're going to see improvements, certainly on the offensive side. Look, that offensive line, I think they're the highest paid O-line in the NFL. If not, they're like two or three. Like, they're a very high-paid offensive line, and they have not showed it for most of this season. So you bring in a guy like Jeff Saturday for one reason and one reason only, and that's to grab those O-linemen by the scruff and say, we're going to figure this out. I think that's exactly what they're going to do. And when that O-line starts playing like the O-line that it should be on paper... I think this Colts team is going to make some noise here in the back half of the season. Is it going to be enough to push for a playoff spot? <sighs> Probably not. At 3-5-1, and one, it's an uphill battle. Although right now, your wildcard spots in the AFC are 6-3, six 6-3, and 5-4. Six and, and, and four. So you're talking about two games back. It's only the halfway mark of the season. Anything is certainly possible. But I think that's the reasoning behind bringing a guy like Jeff Saturday in as your interim coach. It's a move I really like. And I think the Indianapolis Colts get the win this week. We uh, Martin's talked about it before. He mentioned it in the chat a couple weeks ago that like there's something about those first games after head coaches get fired. And I think that's what we're probably going to see in this one as well. So give me the Colts here as you know, pretty heavy underdogs, but I like the Colts to win this game outright in Las Vegas. Give me Indianapolis to beat the Raiders. On the line, Vegas is laying minus six and a half in this game on the Colts. So obviously I like Indianapolis to win. Give me the plus six and a half, but this is chef's kiss of a hedge because how in the world could you lay, even if you like the Raiders to win, how in the world could you lay this many points on the Raiders with what the Raiders have shown you all season that they are, especially on the defensive side? This makes no sense to me. So Indianapolis plus six and a half, and I like that so much that that's going to be my gold pick against the spread this week. Indianapolis plus 6.5 is my gold pick uh, against the spread this week. Total in the game set at 42 and a half points. 
I think this stays under because I think this is a virtuoso defensive performance, a defensive gem from these Indianapolis Colts. So under 42 and a half points is going to be my play in Indianapolis, Las Vegas. In fact, I like that under so much that under 42 and a half in Indy, Las Vegas is going to be my silver pick on my totals this week. Under 42 and a half in Colts Raiders my silver pick on the totals. So we are going to go Indianapolis 20, the Raiders 7. 20 to 7, Colts win, Colts cover, and give me the strong under on that point total. Uh, let's see, Fred, with you 100% on that pick, I believe that was probably uh, Pittsburgh, New Orleans, so we're good on that one. Uh, Matt, the NFL fanatic, says Easy Jeff Saturday. Martin says Raiders won two home games. The smallest spread was about eight points. I'm definitely on the fence for this one, though the Raiders are technically my team. That's right. Martin, I, I've, I have so much respect for you that in a way it does kind of hurt me when I talk so much smack on the Raiders because I know they are technically your team. So I, it, it does kind of hurt me when I talk down about them so much, but I, I don't think it's without good cause. Like I just don't, it doesn't, I think... Vegas thinks the Raiders are one thing, and I think all of the numbers say the Raiders are something else entirely. So I just, I there's that disparity there. Uh, Martin, that's okay. The smack, they deserve it, and then some. All right, cool. We're on the same page. Four games left to go here. The Dallas Cowboys in Green Bay to take on my Green Bay Packers. Losers of five straight games. Gross. Um... I think statistically speaking, these two teams aren't crazy dissimilar, but that like in terms of total offense, total defense, the numbers are fairly similar, but the scoring is not like Dallas is doing way more with the yardage that they get than Green Bay are. Dallas going to come into this game fresh off of their bye. This is two teams going in opposite directions in terms of the turnover ratio this year. And we saw that rear its ugly head last week against Detroit for the Packers. What was it three interceptions for Aaron Rodgers against the Lions? Like awful. One of the worst games I think he's played in a very long time. Uh, like I say, Cowboys are, you know, one of the better teams in the league in terms of the turnover ratio. They generate them. They don't give the ball up a ton. I, I really like the Cowboys in this spot, especially where when you look at the Packers and the, I don't know, 412 injuries that they had coming out of the Detroit game, the most significant one's Aaron Jones. He was in a boot after that game. So, I mean, we're talking multiple weeks and A.J. Dillon has just not been that guy this year that I think can take over. Now, granted, the games in Green Bay, it will be Green Bay's first home game in close to a month. So they should get an emotional boost from that. But the Dallas Cowboys are a better football team. And it looks like the Cowboys are going to snipe Odell Beckham like right out from under the Packers. You know the Packers want Odell Beckham. They badly want Odell Beckham. Look, at the trade deadline, they were in on DJ Moore like I wanted him to be. They were in on Chase Claypool. They were in on multiple receivers at the deadline trying to make that receiving core better. You know they want Odell Beckham and he's going to go to the Cowboys right out from under us. So it's that's just the season that it's been. So I like the Cowboys here on the road in Green Bay to get the win over the Packers. Uh, on the line, the Packers are uh, taking five points as a home dog 
And normally I would be more than happy to take these points. But when you look at the laundry list of injuries, Rashawn Gary, I think is gone for the year. You've got the Aaron Jones injury. Romeo Dobbs left the game. Uh, Christian Watson is still dealing with like concussion syndromes. Looks like he's going to be playing in this game, but they're so beat up. They're so beat up on both sides of the ball. Quay Walker left the game last week. They're just, they're just the walking wounded. So I'm actually going to lay these five points on Dallas. And I think Dallas minus five is going to be my platinum pick against the spread this week. I don't like it. Like, I don't love it. I don't love that I have to do it, but I kind of feel like I have to, because I think that's exactly what's going to happen. So Dallas minus five, my platinum pick against the spread this week. Total in the game set at 42 and a half. I do think we still see some points here because it is Lambeau. It is November. Aaron, this is where Aaron, this is the, with the wheelhouse for Aaron Rodgers. So I think we will definitely see some points. I just think Dallas comes away with the win. Let's go Dallas 27, Green Bay 20. So Dallas wins, Dallas covers, and give me the over on the 42.5 point total. 27-20 for the Cowboys. Fred Total in the chat says a 10-game parlay. Raiders in Arizona decided to lose on my $4 bet to win $590. Oh, God. That's a solid parlay, but uh, that's tough. Ay ay ay. Still can't believe Detroit held Green Bay to 9. Detroit's opponents averaged 31 points a game. I know it's... And you look at the decision-making process, too. It wasn't like just Detroit played the game of their lives. Sometimes you get got. They didn't. Because if they would have played the game of their lives, they would have scored more than what they score, 15? So, like, it wasn't that Detroit was on fire. It was that Green Bay couldn't do anything. And half their team got injured. <laughs> and it's like, like, it's just the jam is done. Unfortunately, the jam is just done. All right, Arizona and Los Angeles. Obviously a battle here of the NFC West. The basement dwellers in the NFC West. Uh, NFC West. Both of these teams, only three wins apiece on the season. Three and five for the Rams, three and six for the Cardinals. Not a good season for either one of these teams. Uh, the Cardinals, a bottom 10 total defense uh, the Rams are a top 10 total defense, so there is that, but they're a bottom five total offense. The Rams are not moving the ball at all. They have no run game to speak of, and they're just not moving the ball the way you would think that team would. The Rams are also uh, a significant negative in the turnover ratio, one of the worst teams in the league. They are turning the ball over way too much, fumbles, interceptions, they're just turning the ball over too much. So in a division matchup, you'd probably think this would be a prime spot to grab a dog. And I really gave a good hard look at the Arizona Cardinals in this one because they are a three-point dog in this matchup. But they're just not a team that I trust. I think at the end of the day, I just don't trust them. And if I don't trust them, it's awfully hard for me to pick with them. I'm going to grab the Rams here, even though I think there's more going against the Rams than there is going against the cards in this matchup. I'm going to grab the Rams here as the home favorite. Let's take Los Angeles to get the division win over Arizona and, you know, keep their playoff hopes alive in a division that might be slowly, slowly slipping away from them. So, like I mentioned, Rams are minus three against the spread in this matchup. I like them to win. It's a relatively small price to pay. So let's lay the minus three on the Rams. 
Total in the game set at 43 and a half points. This is probably, I think this is one of those rare moments where I'm actually going to swap a pick while I'm recording. I took the under on this one and I can't exactly say why I did that. I guess because the Rams struggle to move the ball so much, but this is such a beatable number at 43 and a half. I think I'm going to take the over on it. I think this is a pretty perfect number. I think the point total here is going to be close. Yeah, let's uh, let's make the change there. So I'm actually going to take over the 43 and a half point total in Arizona, Los Angeles. Let's take Rams 26, Cards 20, uh, Cards 21, 26, 21. Rams win, Rams cover, and give me the over on the point total, even though I think that total is pretty darn perfect. There you go. I don't do that very often. I don't usually change my picks while recording, but we're going to go ahead and do it for that one. Two games left. Chargers in San Francisco to take on the 49ers and their top five ranked total defense on the season. No shock how the Niners are trying to beat you. They're trying to beat you on the defensive side of the ball, take opportunities and make those opportunities count. They're winners of three of their last five games playing some pretty decent football right now, certainly on the defensive side. The Chargers, a top 10 total offense. They move the ball fairly well. They are on the tail end of back-to-back road games, which, by the way, this season, uh, after the results of last week, let me just pull this up for you right quick. Teams, so when I say, like, oh, they're on the tail end of back-to-back road games, here's what I mean. This season, teams are 12-19 and straight up in the second half of back-to-back road games. They're also 12, 18, and 1 against the spread. So they're losing and they're not covering. And that has basically been a season-long trend. And this is it's about as egregious as it's been in years. So when I tell you a team's on the tail end of back-to-back road games, I tell you that for a reason. Uh, I think when San Francisco has the ball, I think they're I think this is going to be like a relatively average offensive performance although again the addition of Christian McCaffrey my god like what a nuclear weapon to the way that they run their offense in San Francisco he can literally and did in the last game literally do everything it's crazy it's crazy how talented that guy is but when the Chargers have the ball that Niners defense is suffocating, man. So I've got to grab San Francisco here. They're a very heavy home favorite, but I'm going to go ahead and grab the Niners to get the win over the Chargers. And I like that so much that that's going to be my bronze pick straight up. San Francisco over Los Angeles, my bronze pick straight up. Let's take the Niners to beat the Chargers. On the line, like I mentioned, Niners are laying seven points, a full touchdown as home favorites here. And like I I talked about underdogs for most of the week, and I'm going with a lot of underdogs this week. Boy, I just, there's something about this spread. Maybe it's the McCaffrey factor. I think San Francisco covers this number. I like the Chargers, but the Chargers are not the team that I thought they were going to be in the preseason. So I think I got to judge them on what they are versus what I want them to be. Let's lay the seven points on the San Francisco 49ers. Total in the game set at 45 and a half points. 
And I think we're going to go under on this one. Again, I think I'm going to lean more on the Niners on the defensive side and give me the under here on this game. So let's take San Francisco 23, the Chargers 10. Niners win, Niners cover, and give me the under on the points. Uh, Fred Total says it's not teams' offenses that beat Arizona, it's the defense. Fair enough. I think they're playing a team this week that can beat them on the defensive side. Is it still double XP weekend for Kyler Murray? That That is certainly something to... Uh, take into consideration as well if he's if he's still staying up to four in the morning playing his call of duty with his uh his uh, his twitch friends then uh, that could certainly play into the results this week and the last game of the week a battle of the nfc east the undefeated philadelphia eagles at eight and oh on the season at home to take on the Washington Commanders. Now, Washington is what I would call the model of an average football team. Their offense is average. Their defense is average. They don't turn the ball over a ton, but they also don't generate a ton on the defensive side. They're kind of average. In most ways, I think this team is pretty well average. They got some pretty good pieces on them, but as a whole team... Very, very average, or as the kids would say, mid. The Eagles are going to come into this game not only on an eight-game winning streak, they got the benefit of the long week because they played in prime time on Thursday last week, so they do have that extra bit of rest. Top five total offense, top five total defense. The best team in the NFL in the turnover ratio. I believe they're plus 15 in eight games. It's ridiculous how many turnovers they generate, how opportunistic their defense is. And again, they they don't they don't give the ball back. So unless they're playing a team that is more opportunistic on the defensive side, which I don't think Washington is, man, they're going to be a tough out this season. Now, I don't think they're going to finish the season undefeated by any means, but I think they got more than enough to get the victory here. Let's grab the Philadelphia Eagles at home to get the win over the Washington Commanders. On the line, the Eagles are laying 10 and a half points. Now, this is what really tests your mettle because you see that and you go division game, not doing it, especially coming off of a game that Philly won convincingly, but not quite convincingly enough because Houston did cover the whatever it was, plus 13 or 14 against the spread because the Eagles only won by 12. So it's like convincingly, but eh, not quite. This is a tough one because when I first looked at that number, I was like, no way. There's nothing that this Eagles team does bad. Like this Eagles team is good at almost everything. Now, I think they made a mistake not going out and getting Kareem Hunt. That was the play that I wanted them to make at the deadline. Because if you can imagine Miles Sanders, Kareem Hunt, Kenny Gainwell as a 1-2-3 in the backfield, nuts. Ridiculous. I wanted them to go out and make that move. They didn't go out and make that move. C'est la vie. The Eagles are definitely still one of the contenders in the nfl this year i'm gonna lay the ten and a half points maybe i shouldn't it's a lot in the division game especially in prime time where the games have been like not great but i think we're gonna go ahead 
and lay the 10 and a half points and believe that the Eagles are what we think they are. That's what we'll do. We'll lay the minus 10 and a half. Total in the game set at 43 and a half points. I got to take the over on this because it's going to be awfully tough to uh, keep an average team from scoring at least like 17 to 20. And if they're going to cover the 10 and a half, then this point total is going over. So we're going to grab the over, uh, well over 43 and a half, in fact, in Philadelphia, Washington. Let's go, uh, let's go Eagles 32, Washington 20. So 32 20, Eagles win, Eagles cover, and give me the over on the points. Uh, Martin says Eagles home fans will keep the Eagles pumped up to the detriment of the commanders. Yeah, boy, that's a tough building to play in, isn't it? It has to be. All right, folks, those are your picks for week 10 in NFL action in 2022. Let's give you the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks straight up against the spread and over under for week 10. Here are my top plays this week. Straight up, my platinum pick, the New York Giants over the Houston Texans. The gold pick, Kansas City over Jacksonville. The silver pick, Miami over Cleveland. And the bronze pick, San Francisco over the LA Chargers. Against the spread, my platinum pick, Dallas minus 5. My gold pick, Indianapolis plus 6.5. My silver pick, Jacksonville plus 9.5. And the bronze pick, Houston plus 6.5. And the totals for the Platinum, Gold, Silver, and Bronze. Platinum pick, Denver and Tennessee, under 38.5 points. Gold pick, Minnesota and Buffalo, under 45.5. Silver pick, Indianapolis and Las Vegas, under 42.5. And bronze pick, Detroit and Chicago, over 48.5 points. There you have it, folks. Those are my picks for week 10 in the NFL. Thank you so much to the folks, the five or six concurrent who joined me in the live stream this week and to everybody who watches the episode this week. That's it for me, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the stream, I am fundraising this year for Movember. My Movember link will be in the description to this live stream and VOD. If you are able, I'd love it if you can make a donation to my campaign. If you can't, I totally understand. But if you're able, it would mean the world to me as I fundraise for uh, prostate cancer, testicular cancer, and men's mental health and uh, and um, self-harm awareness. We'll put it that way. I don't want to use the word and get hit by the YouTube censors. But uh, Movember, it means a lot to me. So if you're able, I'd love it if you'd make a donation. Thank you so much for watching this week. We will see you again for week number 11.